everybody, welcome to Passion Fruits, a passion project for passionate people. I'm your lima bean, Daniel. That's not a fruit. <laughs> In anyways, I'm your boysenberry boy, Adam. <laughs> I definitely welcome, lost that thread. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. The podcast, just like the Ohio State. Yes. Capital T, the capital P, oddcast. What? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Jesus. Before Adam continues, because he <laughs> looks like he was about to. Uh, welcome to Passion Fruits, a passion project for passionate people. I'm your lima bean, Daniel, and I'm your boysenberry, Adam. And we are here to talk to you about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That live, laugh, love, guys. Just live, <laughs> laugh, love. Too blessed to be stressed. Too blessed. Too stressed. Update. Both our names were just changed to Karen. To what? Karen? Karen. Oh, nice. <laughs> I want to talk to a manager because these jokes aren't funny. <laughs> um, so what do we do on this podcast, Adam? Oh, well, Daniel, we do a great many things on this great podcast. Many. We actually talk about a great many things. Yes. But truthfully, what we really do is we get to the <laughs> essence of what takes someone from being a casual fan of something to yeah. being a passionate fanatic about that thing. Totally. And thing... It can be a noun. Yes. It could be a verb. It can a be verb. An adjective. An adjective. Yes. Yeah. What were our adjective episodes? Uh, Fast and Furious. Yes. Oh, there oh, it is. Nice. 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 I nice. figured it well out. <laughs> Adam was going to spend about an hour <laughs> trying to figure it out. Uh, he can't remember our episode titles. He said he was about to say Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, which people were very confused by our bonus episode. They were. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people like it. Just ended. Like, just be thankful you're getting. It. 10 extra minutes in a week that we're off. Any hoozle. <laughs> Sorry, I met with some of our biggest fans this past weekend. Shout I mean, out to Robert and Justin. In fairness, yes. I was confused and I participated in And the Adam episode. was like, Star Wars? He says he's the biggest fan, but he's not. Anyway, um, we. I heard there are only two Star Wars movies out there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, episode one, The Phantom Menace. <laughs> and episode and, 12, <laughs> and The Rise of Han Solo. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. <laughs> um, so yeah, today we are going to be talking about a verb. Specifically, well, shit, it could be a noun too. It could skiing. be. Yes. We're talking about skiing today. Winter skiing, not water skiing. Oh, we could talk about water skiing as well. I know. <laughs> Let's mission creep I, It's this. already too much to be asking to talk about skiing. Wait, what? <laughs> ah, yeah. What? You didn't realize it, but I'm a snowboarder, bro. Oh, yeah. no. The worst. Radical. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we're talking about skiing. Um, Adam, you are an avid skier. Yes, a wonderfully mediocre yet avid skier. Nice. Yes. You have just returned from the skiing capital of the world, Canada. <laughs> the Great White North. The Great White Way. America's hat. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What do you think America's penis is? Florida. Duh. <laughs> it's the flaccid, flaccid penis of this flaccid, flaccid <laughs> Why country. Why did I engage in that, in yeah. that, in that joke? You're, oh, this, you're on no. fire tonight. Oh. We're talking about skiing tonight. Um, Adam is a very avid skier. Yes. Some would say a mediocre skier. 
himself included. Yes. Um, But I would say he's amazing. So, Adam, talk to us about skiing. What the fuck? Let's hop into Passion Fruitspedia. Um, Let's... How we slide into Passion Fruitspedia. Let's ski into Passion Fruitspedia, because we're not talking about doing cocaine. We're talking about hitting the slopes on our winter skis. So, With all that sweet, sweet powder. Oh, yeah. White, fluffy powder. Pow, pow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Adam, what is skiing? All right. Well, according to Passion Fruitspedia, yes. skiing is a means of transport using skis to glide on snow. Now, I have a question for the, the for all those in the Wikipedia land. Is it okay <laughs> to utilize the word and the definition of aforementioned word? No. Exactly. We so, knew that in first grade when we wrote the dictionary because we're that old. Exactly. <sighs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, anyways, skiing is a means of transport using skis to, to glide on snow. Now, what the, are skis, Adam? Exactly. What, it's what I was going to say. They oh, are sorry. two essentially planks of wood mm. that are more or less flat with rockered <laughs> ends. Wait, so, hold on. What are rockered ends? They're they're slightly turned up at the at the tips. Got it. And I'm slightly turned up at the tip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Walked right into that one. Wink. Skied right into that one. <laughs> um, no, but they, and they're long planks of wood. Mm. And so the the length of the ski allows the person wearing the ski or skis to float on top of snow instead of sinking down into the snow. Right. That's what it's all about, floating. <laughs> Anyways. My eyes went glassy. <laughs> you started to talk seriously about skiing. Like, oh, fuck. Adam's really going for it. Oh, just just you wait, Daniel. Yeah. Just you wait. So there are many variations of skiing. Uh, we're going to go through each one, spend about an hour on each. So oh, yeah. go ahead, Adam. Yeah. Now, I would classify... Now, skiing got its start ha- of as being more transportation than anything. It was right, a, it was like in the definition. Yes. yes. It was a practical use to get across very snowy territory. So right. if you were living in Siberia and you yeah. need to get from one end of Siberia to the other end of Siberia. <laughs> in just one day. Yep. You, you used, rocket-powered skis. You used skis. <laughs> Got it. Um, but now it's more of a, I would argue, a recreational activity. Much like um, a lot of types of that shit, like... Yeah. Cycling. Yeah, like um, like basketball. It skiing. used to be a blood sport. It used to be a form of transportation. People would just hop on a ball and you would <laughs> throw it really far. You would bounce. <laughs> yep. Um yeah. But so, baseball, you would run home. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, now now skiing has an interesting history. It has mm. a history of almost five millennia. Citation needed. <laughs> Wait, what? Five that's, millennia. That's what the the Wikipedia thing says. Okay? Krong would go get his uh, saber toothed tiger <laughs> skis that he made out of the tusks and the ribs. Would uh, of a of a woolly, woolly mammoth? Yes, they yeah, would. Shit. Thank you, Daniel. I said saber toothed tiger. Woolly mammoth is much better. So now more practical. All, See, now, they had the long tusks. So. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So, although modern skiing has evolved from beginnings in Scandinavia, it may have been practiced more than 100 centuries ago in what is now China, according to an interpretation of ancient paintings. So, clearly, as with everything, the Chinese have done it first. Of course. Go Asians. Fireworks, skiing. Fascinating. 
Yes. Did, so did they also put fireworks on the back of their skis? That's actually exactly why they made skis. They oh, were shit. like, skiing is really freaking lame. Yeah. Let's put fireworks on the back of them. Yeah. And we've made it much more exciting. We're just reducing a whole people down to enjoying fireworks <laughs> and skiing. <laughs> the founders of both. Um, well, cool, Adam. Yep. You uh, continued on the outline, so go ahead. Yes. So don't interrupt me, Daniel. <laughs> Jesus. I, I have... Yet to begin to fight, just like what John Paul Jones, mm. yeah, bass player for Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> doom, 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 oh, here doom. we go. That famous Led Zeppelin riff sounds <laughs> exactly doom, like Seinfeld. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> oh yeah, here we go. That's a walking good that skiing baseline. Walk mm. with me in hell, Adam. Tell me about skiing. <sighs> so, Daniel, yes. there are three different types of skiing okay only one of which i'm going to talk about but oh, i'll man. introduce all three types okay so the three types actually i'll talk about two of them oh. what what the hell why not wow i hope you uh don't take this for granted listeners this is um adam you're getting listeners you're getting two for the price of one this evening this is bogo i know adam tell me about skiing all right so there are three types of skiing uh the first being alpine skiing which is commonly referred to as downhill skiing so ah. that's where you take the chairlift up and you ski down the slope. Gotcha. And you look super awesome doing it. And they give you mail to transport down because that's it, what this is all about. Exactly. Transportation. You can only alpine ski in Scandinavia. Right. And you can only do it if you're transporting something. I mean, if you're, say you're, al- quotation marks, alpine skiing in Canada, are mm-hmm. you really alpine skiing? Not really. You're not in Scandinavia. Exactly. They look down at you with their perfectly sculpted noses. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, so every lift ride up during every ski, every, uh, uh, lift ride up when I was skiing in Canada, every single time you went by one of the poles on the ski lift, it was like, you're not skating near you. Your, 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 your life is alive. This is going. (laughs) I prefer Uber rides up the mountain. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, Uber, not lift, huh? Wow. I, I like spying on people and taking <laughs> driver's money. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, I mean, how else am I going to get rich? <laughs> um, so alpine skiing is so, downhill skiing. Yep. Nice. Now, you also have Nordic skiing. Oh, my which is God. also known as cross-country skiing. Oh, nice. So the differences between the two is that <laughs> Nordic skiing, you can go uphill and downhill. What? Whereas downhill <laughs> is only downhill. And the... Di- <laughs> This is going to be our second most popular episode. <laughs> Nothing can beat Foo Fighters, but <laughs> that, so the but Nordic skiing is like cross country skiing. So Ooh. you generally along flat surfaces or, or up or down, and it's it's a, just a very different form of skiing. The ski the equipment's very different. Yeah, um, and that's truthfully used more for transportation, right? Because you're going cross country. Yes, exactly. if you will. Or cross Siberia, as I referenced or earlier. Or cross Siberia <laughs> or China. And then lastly, there's telemark skiing, which oh. no one cares about. And it's kind of a dying breed of skiing. What is telemark skiing? I've it, never even fucking heard of it. It is a combination of Nordic skiing and downhill skiing. So when you go around doing your skiing trips, do you say, hey, let's go Nordic skiing? Let's go Alpine skiing. Do you say that to your dad? Uh, sometimes. Whoa. 
I so You're a true I, skier. I have Nordic skis. Whoa. And Nordic ski boots. You're so Nordic. Nordic. I am commonly mistaken for a Scandinavian. Yes, totally. <laughs> um, wait, so sorry. Tell me more about Telemark. So Telemark skiing w- is a compromise between the two, and really it's it's their skis that are designed with special bindings. So the clips mm. basically that hold your feet to the skis, um, they're designed so that you can basically utilize them as a cross country ski. So you, and then, but they're bigger and wider skis and that look more like Alpine skis. Got it. So that you can come down, uh, you can descend down a regular ski slope as well. Gotcha. Essentially the reason that Nordic skiing is more or less becoming, or sorry, the reason that telemark skiing is yeah. more or less becoming extinct is because it really, the skis were heavy and, or not heavy, but the skis were heavier than cross country skis and not as efficient at going uphill and mm. they weren't stiff enough and they weren't, and you couldn't lock your rear heel down with the binding. Got it. So that when you were, it was a lot harder to come downhill as well. Got it. So there are, there's a lot of new technology out there that basically mitigates the, the need for telemark skis now. So three different types of skiing. I personally only do downhill skiing uh-huh. and Nordic skiing, both of which Nordic skiing is kind of like the jogging in, of Scandinavia. Right. Cross country skiing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I've learned so much about skiing. Of course, this is all done on snow. Yes. Which is just another form of water. Yes. So technically, this is all water skiing. Oh, my God. You're right. Mind blown. Do you ever call it winter water skiing? Oh, I should. You should. We should. Uh, hold on. Trademark TM. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to start up my own Instagram All right. Account. We need to um, write a letter to us saying, here's the idea of winter water skiing. Then we <laughs> mail it to ourselves. And nice. That's the date of the copyright. Nicely done. Take done. note. Done and done. March 69, 2020. Oh, oh yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait till we record on April On our 420 episode? Yeah. <laughs> Adam will finally stop smoking weed. <laughs> the one day out of the year, which I yeah. don't smoke Yeah, you weed. take, this is a day of remembrance for you. <laughs> you have a moment of silence at 420. Oh, All right, Adam. But yeah. So, so that is kind of the the, the grand. We went through like everything. The yeah. grand history now, of skiing, like alpine skiing, from China to Adam. <laughs> <laughs> we learned about skiing, alpine skiing, which is what going to be the the bulk of what today's episode is going to be about. Is obviously concentrated in very fairly specific geographic regions. Okay, so it has to be in the mountains. Clearly, yeah, foothills. Yep. And it has to have a, it has to be in an area that has snow or it gets a lot of snow. Every, right. Annually. Now that's, that's key. So write this down listeners. Cause this is something Hold on, we're going to bring up later on in the show. I'm going to put this in our show yep. notes, Adam. Skiing Go ahead and continue. Requires snow and mountains. Tell me more. Yeah. So these mountains have to be tall enough to have snow. And the snow must be able to be to be retained on the mountains. Now, Adam, tell me about if um, a mountain doesn't get enough snow in a year. Well, the sad thing is, there's my note. <laughs> <laughs> the sad thing is, you probably won't be able to ski on that mountain. But you could have man-made snow. You could have man-made snow. So that's a pretty big aspect about a topic later on in this episode. Oh God, is the imp- the environmental impacts of snowmaking or just of the skiing industry in general. Oh shit. Adam's going to show us how to blow snow. Uh, 
<laughs> Adam's going to show us how to blow white stuff. <laughs> okay, Adam, I want to know about your little feet and them little skis. No. I want to learn how you got into skiing. Because, I mean, honestly, you know nothing about skiing and you don't go skiing ever. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of weird that you're doing this episode when I'm a professional skier. It's um, true. And I apologize for it, Daniel. No, I mean, we've known each other for... God, I would say about five minutes now. Um, <laughs> uh, the first thing you brought up was how much of a skier you are. And you've taken multiple skiing trips this year alone. Yeah, that's true. And in the past several years. But yeah, I don't know, like, I guess in college, I don't know if you did much ski trips outside of regular Christmas breaks and stuff like right, that. So, right. But yeah, tell us, how 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 did, uh, how did little Adam get into little skiing? Yeah. Uh, so I've been skiing since, since I was about three. So three years old. Yes. I was one of those cute little kids on the bunny slope, kind of skidding my way down. You had those tiny little skis. Yeah. Nice. Adorable. Totes adorbs. adorbs. Yeah. I had a, you know, mini multicolored fluorescent ski, one piece ski suit that my parents dressed me up in. It was awesome. I bet. Hashtag early nineties fashion. Uh, agreed indeed. And, and really, the reason I got the reason I got into skiing was, was because of my parents. So right. my both my parents are skiers. Gotcha. And my parents have a uh, you know we were fortunate enough to have a small condo at a local ski resort over in West Virginia. Hold up, is this going to be a timeshare offer? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, get out while you still can. Just wait. There's more. <laughs> You get to spend one night alone with Adam. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so my parents have had a ski had, have had a ski condo at Snowshoe Mountain for uh, basically since the early eighties. Oh man. And so we've we've had that. And so we've always utilized family breaks, especially winter breaks, to go skiing for yeah. at least for a few days. And so both my sister and I, my sister who is two years younger than myself, we grew up skiing. Nice. And we skied pretty consistently every single winter for at least, you know, you know, at least a couple, you know, a week or two every winter, I'd say up through high school. Gotcha. And, uh, really the big break was in, was in college when mm. that was when your, that was your big break when you got into cycling. Exactly. I'm, actually, that was a big reason is I, I would, I had a week long cycling camp in the winter instead of going skiing. Oh, I remember those. Yeah. Never got invited. Because you weren't cool, Daniel. <laughs> I didn't have a road bike either. <laughs> or a good mountain bike. I'm so sorry. But really, so the reason I got into skiing and the reason that I have such fond memories of skiing and yeah. the reason why I continue to do it and why I still want it to be a big part of my life yeah. is that that really was really special family time for me. So up at our condo uh-huh. at Snowshoe, there's no, there was, well, one, we didn't have cell phones back then. Oh my God. But, what did yeah, you even do with your life? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I had no clue. I was lost and alone and afraid. Oh God. On top of a mountain. In snow. <laughs> Terrifying. Jesus. Um, no, but the, it, it really was, just, you know, our condo wasn't huge. So we just mm. a lot of very, you know, very special family time Yeah, where pretty much all we did was ski, eat play board and games <laughs> yeah and, and sleep it was it was like the quintessential vacation nice for a lot of us. that sounds very nice um and that Cozy. was the, yeah that was the case for a lot of my family trips you know we camp a lot backpack yeah ski um all and, for transportation purposes yeah, all really for tra- your dad was a member of the pony express 
except it was uh, skiing and walking yep. <laughs> instead of ponies. So. Yeah, we had no idea why we were forced to carry huge satchels of stuff right. around. <laughs> the only ponies Adam cares about is the racing ponies. <laughs> and by racing ponies, I mean greyhounds. What? <laughs> Adam? Okay, that's next episode. We'll talk about Adam's <laughs> affinity for greyhound racing. So cruel, Adam. So cruel. Oh, boy. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, and we're going to get a call from PETA for this. Good. Then we can talk to them. <laughs> go ahead. And so mo- mo- more recently, yes. post-college and now I have now that I have like a job, you know, jobs and a career that allow afford me to one afford skiing, right? Uh, which is something that I'll get into later on. Adam has so much to get into. Uh, very much. I'm going to so. write these down. Go very ahead. So, uh, but also, uh, once again, just the flexibility of having the time to be able to go skiing too is you know I have been going on longer and kind of pushing my skiing ability more to the limit and going up to Canada, going out West and just spending more time skiing, which I've just found is just a really fun recreational activity for, for myself. Totally. And something that I'm decent at. Do you do jumps? I try. Do you do backflips? No. Do you do any tricks? Not really. Did you ever try snowboarding? I did not try snowboarding. Interesting. You were, well, I guess you started so early that it was kind of like ski for life. You have that tattoo that says ski for life. It's true. But I have a chain ring tattoo on one calf from bicycles and I have a ski pole tattoo. On oh the other God. Um, <laughs> what a badass! <laughs> no, I, the reason I didn't want to try snowboarding is one, a lot of my friends tried snowboarding and they hurt themselves. Oh Jesus. And then my sister tried snowboarding and she was like, this is terrible because by the time that we were able to try snowboarding, yeah. We were already pretty good at skiing. And you were so used to it, like, yeah, we, why do I have two feet strapped to one long wooden thing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so really, like, what my sister and I figured out is we didn't want to have to go back and just relearn right. how to go down these slopes yeah. that we already knew how to go down. go on those down. fucking bunny slopes. I know. Like Bullshit. a bunch of little freaking losers. Losers. So, yeah. So nice. Never snowboarded. Have no intention of it. Nice. Now, Daniel, I, I do want to ask you, your experience skiing or lack thereof here we go here's the most important part of the episode all right let's go (laughs) so i actually went used to go skiing from like middle school to high school probably went on a ski trip at least once a year Mm -hmm. through school or through boy scouts or something like that where where would you all generally go skiing uh whitetail okay yeah yeah yeah. liberty yep up in pennsylvania yeah and, and maryland yeah so I've definitely gone skiing. I mean, enough to say that I've been skiing multiple times and could get back on skis now and do like a blue dot. Yeah. Yeah. Blue circle. Yeah. Blue dot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I remember when we were at Liberty one time, I fell off the chairlift like five feet up. Oh no. I was like nine. It was freaky. Uh, And then uh, the dude behind me like put me on the, put me on the chair if he was like don't worry we'll get your dad <laughs> i was like okay Aww. and then um so that's my <laughs> ski experience <laughs> those are like the only things i remember from skiing what were your impressions of skiing like did you have fun oh fuck yeah man okay. i mean it was always fun you would uh, always joke about going snow blind and have your ski goggles that you would wear and have your funny like jester fleece hats and afterwards you know you would take the boots off and you'd rub your legs because they had broken your legs and you <laughs> rub them to put your set your bones again. I, yeah, I'm I'm 
kind of being dismissive towards my skiing, but I did actually ski a bit. We should go skiing at some point then. I mean, Adam, you talk about your damn condo all the time. <laughs> Adam, keeps I going. told you multiple times that you're welcome to it whenever you want. Well, <laughs> I don't want the first time we go there. I don't want it to just invite myself. So <laughs> hmm. this episode got real awkward real quick. <laughs> all right, Adam, we found the divisive topic. What's the right? address of your condo? Five five five. All right, hold on. Snowshoe Drive. <laughs> okay, I bet it. I bet that's actually it. Yeah, I mean, we would go. My fam. It was mostly me, my brothers, and my dad that would go, or on school trips, me and my yeah. friends. So when when you but when you think of skiing, like what were your impressions of it? Like, you know, you you clearly had fun. Yeah, totally. But was it? Yeah, I I, I guess I I'd, I'd like to know more about. Within those experiences, is there a reason that you didn't continue with going on ski trips, that kind of thing? I guess it was, you know, there were some, I don't know if there were really any ski trips in high school that, because like, I remember maybe one of my last school ski trips was maybe like eighth or ninth grade. Yeah. The other ski trips that were taking place were more like church stuff christian club at school they were going on ski trips maybe Mm -hmm. and it was we never stayed at some place it was always go there really early oh okay do as it was always day trips like i never stayed the night somewhere gotcha at a lodge or something like that great wolf lodge um (laughs) and then went for like another day of skiing it was always a day trip and then coming back so i guess it was you know there were certainly opportunities to but um, once we started getting too busy in high school and yeah. um, it just never happened again. Adam. And you played a number of other sports as well. Yeah, I was star quarterback <laughs> for the water polo team. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we were doing, well, that was when I was getting in, I was in like jazz band, yeah. so there would be like music trips and those were even the cooler ones. <laughs> those were, yeah. So, you know, I would like to try or go back and do some skiing, sure. but Let's kind of get into why. Well, actually, how about we take a break? Okay. We'll chill, and then we'll get into why you heart skiing. Perfect. The stuff that you talked about. I wrote it down. Uh, what I wrote down was expensive, question mark. Yeah. And then environmental impact. There we go. So we'll be right back, folks. Perfect. Don't move from your ski chairlift. Don't turn off your ear holes. Nope. Welcome back to Passion Fruits Podcast, a passion project for passionate people. I'm your lima bean Daniel. And I am your blueberry Adam. He didn't even fucking remember the one that he did. (laughs) Poisonberry. At the very beginning. Let's see if he remembers the Twitter name when we get to it. (laughs) All right, Adam. Let's hop into the... So we've got your Coco Corner... Why? How you got into skiing? And we just love hearing yeah. about little Adam and yep. his <laughs> and his little boy skis. <laughs> so let's hop into why Adam hearts skiing. Sure. Why so, do you heart skiing? I heart skiing for I'd say three main reasons. Oh fuck! I'm only ready for one. <laughs> so the first is that it's similar to cycling. Oh god. It allows me to really push myself physically mm. in ways that I hadn't, <laughs> in ways that I hadn't kind of before. Oh yeah, <laughs> still going. Yeah. You know it. He's um, pushing you physically, and what that I mean, what that means to me is it, it, it's there's definitely an adrenaline rush aspect to it because I love speed. 
love speed. Hell yeah. Cocaine and speed. That's exactly. what Adam all, Adam's exactly. all about. Yep. But there's, there's definitely, an, especially for downhill skiing, there's an adrenaline rush to it. And there, I'm still improving uh-huh. just like I am in my, in life in general. Yeah. You're a student of life. Exactly. On this spaceship we call earth. <laughs> <laughs> but there are noticeable differences, and I ski consistently enough now mm. where I can try new things and see if it improves my technique. What have thing? What new things have you tried? So there, a lot of it boils down to trusting my skis more mm. and challenging myself on more difficult slopes. So like literally skiing faster and skiing more aggressively. Gotcha. And that's... Once again, similar. I'd say very similar to mountain biking. I was going to say. Like you have to pick a good line. Yeah. You have to be able to read the slope just like you would read a trail or read obstacles. Yeah. And a lot of times it's better to, you're more successful in attacking the slope head on and be more aggressive. Just uh-huh. like uh, when you're turning a mountain bike on, a, on loose terrain. Yeah. You're better to attack it and commit 100% mm. as opposed to being more cautious and... I said, generally that means you just don't ski as well. You don't ski with as good a form. Right. So do you follow the old adage? Um, if you French fry when you're supposed to pizza, <laughs> you're going to have a bad time. Yes, very much. So. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The yeah, entire yeah, time yeah. I ski, I was like, if you French no, no, no. fry when you're, go, when you're supposed <laughs> to pizza, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. That's that South Park humor. We're just so known for. Oh yeah. yeah. V South Park. Edgy. V edgy. Edgy. Very relevant. My humor. view is a little askew. I'll be honest. <laughs> Oh God. Um, anyways. Yes. Back to uh, our South Park humor. So, so that, that's, that's a big aspect to, to Got it, it is it's, uh, um, it's, you get to do something that you're not able to do every day. Exactly. And that not, I mean, cause like Joe blow down at the local gas station can pick up a baseball bat and go play in the majors any old day, <laughs> but you, you're skiing, to and from work, <laughs> uphill both ways, uphill both ways, and driving You're part of the storms. post office. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I I get that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Good. End episode right there. I get that. Done. <laughs> um. So so like I said, the adrenaline rush, kind of the excitement mm. of it all, and just God, the, the active adrenaline junkie. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> oh, you like that movie, Crank. <laughs> oh, it's me, Jason Statham. I'm gonna go skiing to keep my heart pumping. Is that what's going on, Adam? Oh, fuck, we figured it out. Yeah. If Adam's BPM goes below um, 50, <laughs> I haven't slept in 12 years. Oh, Jesus. That's why you're so good in college. Yeah, exactly. You could have studied all night long. <laughs> and you're studying the most exciting subject, skiing. <laughs> yes. Continue on why you heart skiing. Um, the other aspect, the other, the second aspect out of the three that I'm going to talk right. about. Is, I'm checking out for this one, though. Oh, man. Is, uh, I, as with cycling, yeah. I love the gear aspect. Oh, so, my God. Like, all the technology <laughs> and all the different... You know, the subtle differences between skis and different waxes and different boots. Whoa, and fuck. Waxes? Yeah. yeah I like yeah. Yankee Candle wax. <laughs> <laughs> um, expound on that because uh, I, I mean, 
judging by my my own section about my my own Coca Corner, I'm a pro skier. So but there, talk more about that. It was fascinating. So, oh my god, <laughs> you know, I'd say probably six or seven years ago when I was in the bike industry. Yeah, um, I had friends that ran retail shops, like sporting sporting gun shops, out in Colorado that were ski shops in the winter and bike shops in the summer. Ski chalets. Something like that. Ski sure. chateaus. <laughs> oh, is this chateau <laughs> de skis? Oh, oh yes. Um, and basically, so I asked them one time. I was like, one time. What? <laughs> no, <go ahead. laughs> I asked one of my buddies. I was like, you know, I'm I'm skiing more. You know, what are some good skis? Thinking that they just like give me like, oh, you need to buy this ski, right? And then they asked me all sorts of questions about like, oh what kind God. of skiing do you do? What kind of blah blah blah? blah yeah. Blah. So there are all these different qualifications as to like what ski is most appropriate for certain conditions. Gotcha. And so you've got. I say similar to once again similar to bikes where you have like road bikes, mountain bikes, right. and gravel bikes, and and cyclocross bikes, and all these different recumbent, yes, tri triceratops bikes, electric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have all these different types of skis yeah. for different conditions and different types of ski. Gotcha. Can that you? I, can, I literally yeah. know fucking nothing. So so tell me those conditions. A lot of the so like if you were skiing here yeah. on the east coast, yeah. Um, you're generally skiing what you would call like narrow all mountain skis. So skis gotcha. that are that are meant for hard pack mm. and you know somewhat icy conditions. Yeah, that basically where you're not skiing in a bunch of powder. Um, there and on the opposite end. So those skis tend to be a little bit narrower. Gotcha. And tend to have and tend to be actually weigh just a little bit more. Okay, got it. On the opposite end of the spectrum. Oh my god. Uh, and th- those skis are more similar to like racing skis. Okay. On the opposite end of the spectrum, you have powder skis, which are really, really wide skis. Gotcha. Like sometimes double the width of your standard, like kind of East Coast carving yeah. ski. Got it. And the, the reason they're wider and generally a little bit lighter is uh-huh. because they ha- have different materials in them, but they're meant to float on top of powder. Mm, floating. So, yep. So the wider ski helps you float, helps you turn better in the deeper powders. Gotcha. What kind and do you have? I have more East Coast oriented mm. kind of carving skis is did, what they talk about. Did you take your skis up to Canada or did you rent some? I rented some the first time. The second time I took my own skis. Up. Nice. But take tr- that, Canada. We tried to rent the second time oh what didn't didn't work out for jesus why not really they were prejudiced against you very prejudiced oh my god i'm just kidding no they were very plus they just didn't have skis available for us there was a ski shortage there was coronavirus um but there and and kind of between those two extremes there are all sorts of skis in between. Um, once again, if you think like a gravel bike, it's kind of like a good road bike. It's kind of like a cyclocross bike, but it's yeah. not perfect at either. Um, Thank you for relating it back to something that I know. That gravel bikes. That you know and yes. that all of our listeners are very Obviously. familiar with. <laughs> they, but, it is just us listening to this episode now. <laughs> but it, it truly, it may, we're, you relate it to cars. Oh. So you have like your really sporty little cars. You yeah. have your large pickup trucks. You have your minivans. You yeah. have your crossovers. Uh, so th- just like all those cars uh-huh. get you from point A to point B. It's all about transportation. We- exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
The same thing with skis. So mm. depending on the type of skiing you're doing, depending on the type, on how aggressive of a skier you are. You got to get your kids to school. You yep. take the minivan skis. Exactly. You want to go yes. fast, you take the sports car skis. Exactly. Well, that was tough to say. Sports car skis. <laughs> so I just had no idea about any of that gear mm. and the difference between it. So it's been a lot of fun for me to research those different types of skis. And now that I've been skiing more, especially yeah. over the last probably five or six years. Yeah. I can, I've been trying different types of skis and I can actually tell the difference between all of them. Oh, nice. Which is neat. That is neat. And that's, uh, where, where I am now is that's letting me be a more informed kind of consumer. consumer. Jinx. Yummy soda. Oh, yeah. There's a ginger ale downstairs for you. Nice. Um, but that, that's really where I become very fascinated in ski construction and what type of materials they mm. use and the different flex patterns of skis. Oh, just Jesus. All the stupid little nerdy details that I think that make honestly a pretty big difference in, in how a ski skis. You're a real petrol head of the ski world. I am. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with bicycles and cars yeah. and all that good real stuff. Real petrol head. Uh, so I, I like the research aspect and and there's uh, definitely the the thought that, oh, you know, if I know how a ski is supposed to ski, it will let me become a better skier if I know gotcha. how to ski it. So there's there's a very good example of that. Okay, here we go. So I'll be the, the judge if it's a good example, <laughs> but go ahead. The the first Canadian trip that we did this year, yeah, uh, we were out in Banff, yeah. Alberta, up in the Canadian Rockies, uh-huh. and we, my dad and I rented demo skis. So the neat thing about that is you could literally switch the skis out as many times as you wanted to try different types of skis. So we had, you know, this demo package for five days and you could literally just swap the skis back and forth. So I skied three different types of skis throughout those five days. And the interesting thing was you, for me at least, was there were definitely different styles yeah. of how you ski each ski, mm-hmm. even though they were fairly similar skis. <laughs> Fascinating. Listeners, stay with me. Stay with that me. That was an okay example. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, yeah, so, so the gear is one thing, and then obviously all the, like, the helmets, the goggles, the yeah. coats. Got to look good. Um, yeah, got to look super sexy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, insert Ned Flanders Simpson. Joke. Exactly. <laughs> um and then I'd say the the last big part that I really enjoy is you're you feel I mean you're you're con, you're almost disconnected from the rest of the world when oh, you're skiing. Man. But skiing's taken me to a lot of different places where I wouldn't have gone originally. And the scenery in a lot of these places is gorgeous. You're on top of a mountain, uh-huh. and it's usually snowing all around. So you've got this like very picturesque winter wonderland. You go snow blind. Yes, very snow blind. Uh, oh, I can't see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and so the travel aspect and the, once again, kind of experiencing new, lo- new locations. And uh, once again, similar to mountain biking. Yeah. Where every new every trail is a little bit different right. and just just keeps things it's not like running on a treadmill right yeah nice man yeah cool so yeah. let's talk about those things that you wanted to talk about the environmental impact mm-hmm. of skiing and the overall the bougie quality of skiing yes we'll start with the bougie quality that's first. easy to talk about um that's something that i have 
a big, not a big issue with, but it yeah. definitely bothers me because yeah. skiing is very much a sport of the upper middle class to the wealthy. Totally. I mean, it's not your 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 layman's sport. No, it's, not at all. Uh, the barrier to entry is pretty high from a cost perspective. Right. I mean, you know, you go to, you know, you spend, you know, three days out of your, you know, if you you go on a a, a ski trip for a week, you know. Lodging is expensive, right? You know, a couple hundred bucks a night. The equipment is very expensive, right? You know, you can drop anywhere from you know five hundred to a thousand dollars on a pair of skis, right? You know, you've got the boots, you've got all the specialty like winter winter jackets and ski pants and stuff. So you're looking at thousands of dollars of equipment, even if you just want to rent stuff, right? And then obviously there's, you know, what I mentioned before is you can you can only ski in select locations. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can ride a bike pretty much anywhere. Right. But skiing requires you generally to travel. Right. So if like for us, like we went to Canada, airfare, renting a car, yeah. so on and so forth. And similar thing for, you know, if you're going out west or even if you're going up to West Virginia or the mountains of North Carolina, like you're you're spending a lot of money just getting to the ski slope and getting the equipment. And then on top of that, day passes for lift tickets yeah. are not inexpensive. I mean, like Sugar Mountain here in North Carolina, $80 a day. Jesus. Just to get onto the slope. That's just a mound made out of sugar. Exactly. It melts. How good is that for skiing? <laughs> it melts halfway through the day. <laughs> right. and they have to rebuild it. So dumb. <laughs> um, and, you know, like there is a, like, Vail out in Colorado, yeah. $209 a day for an adult. That's a car. Yes. No, I, well, I, we're no, joking, but think, think about like as a family of four, if yeah. you were to spend a weekend skiing, like you would spend, you know, fa- you would spend almost $1,700 yeah. just in, just to get on the mountain. Like that's insane. So, you know, there's talks about industries like that and how well they're doing. How is the ski industry doing? Because I mean, it is an expensive sport, and yeah. we'll get back to that. But how is the industry doing? It's I'd say it's doing okay. Gotcha. It's not gangbusters, right? Um, it's also, and and we'll get in uh, from my business mind. There are oh, a gosh. lot of changes in the ski industry that are happening to kind of prop the sport up to a certain. Gotcha. Extent. A lot of the big ski resorts around the world are owned by a few large conglomerates, right? And they're selling these season passes that are you know a thousand bucks essentially but they give you unlimited access to you know 40 or 50 ski resorts around the world right now the cool thing is and you have to buy them before the ski season starts gotcha so what my father and i did is we bought what the icon pass which is one of these season-long passes and but you have to a know that you had the time to go, right? And b you're you're pretty much gambling on the fact that you're there's going to be good snow wherever you go, yeah. And so it, it's not a sport. It's not a uh, it's not a method of purchasing lift tickets that allows a ton of um, spontaneity, gotcha. if you will. Yeah, there's a lot of pre planning that has to happen. But the reason they're doing that is because you've got. Um, it's a good deal if yeah. you go to a place and you can spend the time there. So if you spend, I think our, our season passes were like 600 bucks. Mm-hmm. If you go, if you do that and you go to a place for your, you ski 10 days out of the year, yeah. your per day skiing costs drops to pretty low, like right. to pretty low. Right, right, right. Also gives a big cash and 
influx to these larger conglomerates mm. so that they know how much so they basically get a big boost in the off season of, of cash which allows them to keep, the, keep a lot of operations right. running so it's it's just a big change yeah. and I would argue that because of that they've raised daily daily pass rates gotcha and so once again it becomes less accessible to the person who you know wants to drive up for the day to a whitetail or to a sugar mountain right. or a snowshoe um, who just wants to ski for the day right there's a big barrier to entry or a gate yes. to entry. And if you're not one of the people who can get a season pass, mm-hmm. it it would only make sense if like you lived in the area yep. and could just drive there and drive back home exactly. you know, like an hour or something. Um, so there, there's a lot of bouginess, a lot of elitism associated right. with it. You know, it's not a very diverse sport. Do you wear a monocle when you ride? Uh, yes. Do you wear a monocle and smoke a pipe? Yeah, they actually <laughs> don't let you on the lift until you prove oh, right. that you, you have, have your a top hat and your monocle. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You um, actually use canes rather than ski poles <laughs> <laughs> with diamond encrusted knobs on the top what do they call those things at the top the handles the handles yeah like sure. the grip or the handle grip sure. you rip it and grip it baby <laughs> so it's just one of those sports where like you're it's very clearly delineated between the haves and the have-nots yeah and also generally the people who work at the ski resorts and the employees at the ski resorts not paid all that well right so it, it, yeah i i have you know from a social equity standpoint you know, uh-huh. i have a little bit of an issue with it of literally just spending lots of money to do this sport that's that puts me in a class of people that i usually don't associate myself with yeah so that that's one aspect that kind of bothers me every now and then yeah i'm sure um the second i'd say more broadly applicable issue that i have with the ski industry is how the impact of climate change and how the ski industry is reacting to it and then how energy inefficient skiing is as a sport gotcha so a lot of these resorts so we'll start with if we if we start from the ground of like the demographics that are usually associated with skiing um and then go to the fact that uh a lot of the reason you're paying all this money to get access to the slopes is because winter is not coming anymore in a lot of places so there's just less persistent snowfall right and so a lot of resorts have to and have been but rely on man-made snowmaking yeah so the energy usage for a lot of these ski resorts to literally make snow yeah is enormous like tens if not hundreds of thousands of kilowatt hours every single day pumping water you know water a fairly scarce resources resource in a lot of areas right to to make man-made snow so rich people can slide down a mountain on it Sounds absurd. It does. <laughs> I'll be honest, Adam. It's very bougie. <laughs> so it's it's that, but also with the combined fact that a lot of these people, I, and I, I don't mean to paint with really broad strokes, but but here you go. There are. Like, I'm surprised that the ski industry hasn't reacted more aggressively to combat climate change. Hmm. Interesting, because that's a big by some scientists' reports. You know, the annual snowfall of a lot of these ski resorts could fall to almost nothing, you know, within 20, 20 to 30 years. Right. Which essentially puts a lot of these places out of business. Right. Um, so you're using more energy. You're, you're skiing with equipment and on equipment that is inherently unsust- unsustainable and fairly bad for the environment. Like yeah. ski- the process of making skis is not a 
environmentally friendly process. Like making bikes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, we can have that conversation as well about the carbon manufacturing processes yeah. for bicycles. And, you know, on top of that, you know, you have people once again, driving cars, flying in airplanes to get to these ski resorts. So the carbon footprint of the, your average skier, I, I don't, it sh- makes me shudder to think about because I consider myself a fairly environmentally conscious person. Adam likes to um, just keep his car running all night. <laughs> I'm very environmental. I change the oil in my car. And I take the electric oil and just pour yeah. it down the drain. Here, fishies. Yeah. <laughs> get some fuel up in your lungs. I find some the baby gills. seals and just pour it over yeah. their heads. But yeah. then you get that picture op for the paparazzi. There we go. You cleaning the seal naked in your bathtub. Oh, it's very, it's very odd, strange. But- but, you know, some people are into that. It's okay. Oh, hell how, yeah. How the paparazzi got in my house? No idea. Well, Don't ask. You leave the door unlocked and you you yell, any paparazzi out there? <laughs> I'm a famous podcaster. <laughs> yeah, so it's just issues like that that I have with the industry and just with the sport itself. Yeah. Uh, and it's something my father and I talk about all the time. Like, we literally drove 13 hours up to Canada yeah. a couple weeks ago. That was a long car trip to go, once again, ski at a resort where we're using a lot of energy and yeah. all that stuff. Well, it's good that you recognize that, Adam. Do you think that will, and not the just the fact that maybe you wouldn't be able to ski because of the environmental mm-hmm. impact, but do you think in the future that will affect how much you ski? Um, if things don't change faster than they are yeah. yes so gotcha. and it's it's on the subject of podcasts i listen to a lot of uh, a number of different like gear podcasts uh-huh. and that's actually that's actually a trend in the ski industry now from from a few uh different kind of ski industry like ski manufacturers and stuff like that yeah is especially on the clothing side mm-hmm using more sustainable and recycled materials and right. ski clothing. Yeah. Companies like, you know, I'll put a plug through for Patagonia. Oh yeah. A great job at using recycled materials and they're actively pushing the technology to have recycled materials in every single one of their ski shells. If only they would sponsor us. I know. Be amazing. <laughs> and some of these podcasts that I've listened to, you know, this is the time of year where everyone starts talking about trends for next year. Gotcha. And a lot of them are talking about, you know, sustainability. Like it has to become an inherent part of the industry and a part and a part of the sport. Right. Otherwise we're not going to have a sport. Yeah. Um, same thing. Once again, making, making skis uh-huh. and, and all the components that go into them. It's, it's inherently a fairly dirty industry. Like, yeah. so, that that is what a lot of people are talking about now, and I hope it starts changing the tune of some of these larger ski larger ski conglomerates. Yeah, I follow a bunch of like sponsored ski athletes mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, there, you starting to see this groundswell of athletes who are very sustainability driven and saying like, you know, we can't, I can't do the thing I love and I get paid for unless we start paying attention to climate change. Gotcha. So so. Well, that's good. I mean, yeah. that's how it gets started. Yep. Interesting. It doesn't doesn't nothing ever changes until it starts hitting the wealthy where it hurts. So, yep. So and I, I, I say that a little bit tongue in cheek, but truthfully I think that's once you bite you know, cut into their recreational activities and hit them make make the impact relevant to uh, this class of people. Yeah. That's the only way it'll start to change. True dat. Let's take down the wealthy bro. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well thank you so much, Adam. That was fascinating. Um, and I feel like I learned 
something about skiing and your body. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I hope, you know, listeners to all our billions of listeners out there. Yeah. Uh, one, I hope I didn't bore you too much. It's all right. We Two, accept your apology. <laughs> <laughs> Two, it's our podcast. We can do whatever the fuck, fuck we want to. You. Um, and three, you know, that. Daniel and I talked about this episode before recording, and yeah. it's like, you know, usually we're we're just a bunch of jokesters, just <laughs> joke, joke, joking around. Yeah, um, but I thought this is a good time for to talk about like why we're passionate about something. It's similar, serious. Way, similar to what like Daniel has mentioned on a number of the episodes that he's led with Tarantino. <laughs> <sighs> Um, Sorry, go ahead. But t- addressing the controversies associated with yes. these subjects that we're passionate about, but and recognize not it being like a complete love fest for it, right. but recognizing the flaws. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is like armchair expert two uh, back in business. <laughs> well, sincerely, thank you, Adam, for skiing down the slopes with me. Oh man! To the end of our episode, I got that nicely done. <laughs> so let's talk about recommendations. Okay. Um, last time I recommended that you watch The Witcher. Continue yes. to watch The Witcher. Have you watched any more episodes? I have not. Okay. So partially because I was up in Canada and what were da- you doing up there? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my dad, for whatever reason, didn't want to watch The Witcher. <laughs> so, but yes, that is on my list of things to do. Nice. Yep. Um, and I also suggested you watch The Boys, uh, an Amazon Prime TV show. I have not, once again, just to have not had I don't know how your dad would like that one. It's yeah. And I think we talked about it when I recommended it. It's very, very bloody yeah. and pretty graphic. I, so I've read, I went through the entire comic book series after mm-hmm. watching the TV show. And while I enjoyed the comic book series, it is so different than the TV show. And I actually like the TV show better than the comic book. Really? Yeah. I mean, because the TV show has taken a lot of inspiration from the comic books, but it's more, has a lot more heart and a lot more, it's like, I don't know, kind of a better story. Um, So I, I highly recommend the TV show, The Boys on Amazon Prime and The Witcher on Netflix. Um, You don't have to read the comic book for The Boys. (laughs) Uh, what would you like to recommend? Well, last time you recommended to oh, me yeah, that's right. that I listened. <laughs> Adam even fucking forgot it. No, no, no. I, I didn't know how you wanted to do the cadence of this. But anyways, oh, so last time I recommended to yes. you that you listen to the song Checkpoint. Checkmate. Checkmate. Adam just wants a Trek <laughs> checkpoint. Yeah. Damn it. Uh, no, checkmate by fuck Lamb Trek. of God. Yeah. What what did you think of it? Okay. So, so there's supposed to be a new Lamb of God album coming out soon, right? Yes. Okay. So... I enjoyed the song. I thought the riffs and the lyrics were very typical um, Lamb of God. Yeah. But I can clearly tell that it is a new drummer. Yeah. And I know that we talked about it um, with Chris Adler leaving the band. Mm -hmm. And also, I know that we talked about it way back when, that he had like a motorcycle accident or a car accident or something. Yeah. Where he like was injured and couldn't didn't feel like he could give his all for his drumming. Yeah. The more that it comes out, is yes. it, it doesn't seem like it was Chris Adler's decision to leave the band. No, and I, I that's what I saw like maybe six months after he left. It was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm kind of pissed off <laughs> that I was kicked out of the band. Chris 
in my perspective, has always been the heart and soul of that band. It's really, and they've really, he's been one that, sorry, from a creative perspective. Gotcha. So yeah. he's been very integral in the songwriting and the, right. and the music, the, the musicality of the yeah. band. From what I can glean from all the YouTube videos and kind of internet comments is that, um, one, he felt like the Lamb, I would say Lamb of God was selling out, but more or less selling out and um, doing things to promote the growth of the band instead of the growth of the music. Interesting. Um, which I can kind of see. Like what? How so? I, I don't really know. I I think there are, I would say, creative differences, but Chris Adler, with all the documentaries that I saw of them, yeah. It was like, we're a metal band. This is the type of music that we play. Gotcha. And I'd say that kept them arrested, if you will, mm. to a certain sound. Yeah. And it seems to me like Mark Morton, uh, Willie Adler, and John Campbell, uh, and, and I'd say to a certain extent, uh, Randy Blythe, were trying to push their sound just a little bit more and change their sound just gotcha. a little bit. Yeah. And I'd say that's an influence of... Randy being a more integral part of the band instead of just being the front man. Right. Because um, he's been actively writing lyrics and yeah. all that stuff and becoming more of a musician as opposed to just the guy who screams right. into the microphone. Um, and I think Mark Morton, who is one of the main riff writers yeah. for Lamb of God, I think is is just trying to expand his creative influence within the band as well. Gotcha. So I think cre- creative differences and... Maybe Chris Adler thought they were becoming a little, a little bit too corporate. I think I think gotcha. he liked that smaller grunge band feeling. Yeah, totally smaller punk. Yeah, kind of band. So I I don't I don't know. I sorry. Go ahead. Dan, oh, I, I, I was just off. gonna say the song was good. I mean, like I said, you could clearly tell it's a new drummer. Yeah, the style of this drummer's drumming was drum drummerific. <laughs> I just wanted to see how many times I could say drum, but. It was, I mean, because Chris Adler had such a style with like his, like we talked about during our break, yeah. um, how full his drum set sounded on yep. a recording. This drummer's drumming is not very full. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just the mix of the single, how it will be on the album, but. So I've listened to live live Lamb of God performances yeah. with Art Cruz as the drummer. Art Def- Cruz. Definitely sounds different. Okay, got it. Um, All right, well then maybe it's just this song. No, I don't. No, no, no. I meant like, like it sounds similar to the what the song sounds like. Like oh, it's the drum, no. the fills don't feel like the drum fills don't feel as full. Definitely different use of the cymbals. No, um, so I'm I'm not super happy with it. Fuck. I won't lie. Like and maybe this is me being overly harsh and have my expectations way too high for any new Lamb of God song. I mean, it's one of your favorite bands. It is. Go back to the Lamb of God episode and he, hear how much Adam loves <laughs> Lamb of God. So, but like. To me, I thought Checkmate sounded a lot like Ghost Walking. Yeah, totally. And I, when I heard the first riff, I was like, oh, I've heard this before. Yeah, it so, was very similar to Ghost Walking, how it started with quiet guitar, Yeah, which I actually don't mind how it started, like them talking, like it was more of a live feel. Yeah. I like that. But yeah, it really reminded me of Ghost Walking. And that album is maybe one of their weakest albums. Yeah, I, there are a few good songs. In there it, are, but, but it's a good one. Definitely but, not my favorite. No, definitely not. Um, yeah, so I I'll be very curious to see what this new album sounds like. Yeah, and I'm I'm still gonna listen to it on repeat. Nice, Slam of God. But 
uh, yeah, I wasn't super, super jazzed about it. We'll see what happens. You also recommended that I watch The Art of Racing in the Rain. Yes. I've not done that yet. I want to. I heard the movie wasn't that good, though. What? (laughs) Oh, it made me tear up. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's definitely going to make me tear up. (laughs) Yeah, but. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) I step on a knife in my foot and I tear up. So, yes, I do want to watch it because I do love the book, but need to prepare myself for just a buckets of tears. Okay. What would you like to recommend to me today, Adam? So this time I would recommend... I'm writing it down. (laughs) (laughs) um, I would recommend watching the Netflix series F1 Drive to Survive. Was that... Formula One, Drive to Survive. Is that a new season? Because you recommended that to me yes. a while ago. New S- season? New season has come out. Oh, my God. Have you, listened to, have you watched the first season? I watched the first two episodes of the first season. Oh, okay. Well, if you didn't like it, then you'll have to keep watching it. No. Um, I will try it. <laughs> Do you have another recommendation you could give me? <laughs> a better recommendation? Let me think. I did at one point in time. Yeah, so no, Daniel, no other recommendations. <laughs> well, gotta fuck watch, you. Gotta watch F1. <laughs> okay, I will try. What would you like to recommend to me this week, Daniel? I've got two album recommendations for okay. you. Um, do you like to dance, Adam? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> well, uh, let's let's kind of examine you a little bit, Adam. Do you just like to get silly and just like dance? No, I hate being silly. Do you like to just like... I know you like to headbang and like air drum, but do you like just to like groove and shake your ass sometimes? Sure. Are you being serious? This is, I'm not joking here, Adam. This is serious. (laughs) Get to the point, Daniel. Okay. So there's these, um, this electronic band that I'm going to recommend, but then there's this indie rock band called Car Seat Headrest that I want you to listen to the album uh, Teens of Denial. The front man. Where do you find these bands, Daniel? So I first discovered this band when I was listening to... I, what year did this album come out? Um, 2016. Okay, so NPR had a 2016 roundup for their top albums of the year. And one of the guys said, this Teens of Denial album was my top album of the year. And I think it may be one of the 10 best guitar albums ever. Okay. And everybody was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But it made me go listen to it. So it's this guy, this front man, I'm forgetting his name. The main guy for Car Seat Headrest was kind of one of the first indie rockers on SoundCloud. Whatever that free music shit is where you just unleash a bunch of stuff. So he got a pretty big following before he did a major label release. Okay, This is his major label release, uh, Teens of Denial. So it's a William Mary student or grad I'll guy. say what? Yeah. So he's from Williamsburg and you can, he has a song or where he talks about walking down Duke of Gloucester street. Oh, Joe goes to school. Yep. So it's just a really good, I'm interested to get your take on it. Cause I don't know how much you like indie music. It's very guitar driven. Okay. It has very, some elements of noise rock, some elements of like the strokes, some elements of I like the strokes. Yeah. Some elements of like um post punk kind of rock music. But the lyrics are very kind of like they're actually for a, a young guy, they're very deep. They're full of like self loathing and just like depressing shit. Oh good. Yeah. But like some of them are really like funny lyrics about him like 
going to a party and he hates the jacket that he's wearing. Uh, so he feels like a walking piece of shit. So it's just like this kind of like some, not really tongue in cheek, but some humorous aspects to his songs, but they're really, really good. They're also coming to Raleigh, so I would like you to listen to them. Oh, so maybe you'll okay. come to the show with me. So yes. I'll wear my Wave and Mary t-shirt. Nice. He will probably flick you off. <laughs> Aw. Sad. Uh, so yes, Car Seat Headrest Teens. That's why you like him. <laughs> yeah, because he hates Wave and Mary. Teens of Denial. And then the other one is Sylvan Esso, and the album is called What Now? Why have I heard that name before? So they are a Durham band. Um, and they are electronic duo, husband and wife, and they're—I mean—they're pretty popular. What now? Beep, boop, beep, 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 <laughs> That's it. What now? <laughs> it's disco tunes. Um, but it's kind of another good dancey song. I would like to see to for you to actually like. Let me know if you wanted to dance in your seat or your car when you were listening to these albums. Okay. Albums. Try, Adam's trying to dance right now. <laughs> And he's failing hard. Is that the Harlem Shake? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Sylvan Esso, What Now? It's an album that came out in 2017, so I know I'm on the cutting edge. And then Bleeding Edge, Car Seat Headrest, Teens of Denial. All right. All okay. right. Thank you so much, everybody, listeners, for listening in. Here we go. Question for you, Daniel. Oh, Before God. we sign off. Yes. The podcast, Newcomers. Did we talk about that last time? Yes, that was one of my recommendations. Did you listen to it? I did. Nice. What did you think? It's hilarious. It is hilarious. What have you, have you, are you current? No, I'm not. Um, I listened up, I've listened up through Return of the Jedi. Oh my gosh. You need to listen to the next one. I, I they know. They do f- their own fan fiction. It's <laughs> so, amazing. I just like the first, so I listened to the first episode and then I listened to the lot like where they just recorded themselves watching it. Yeah. So I was listening to it on a bike ride. It was so funny. Like literally five minutes in, they're like, is this over yet? <laughs> they, it is so I love that podcast. It is on my regular rotation now. It is so good. I really liked it at the end of the first episode when they watched the new hope and they were like, they were like, Oh my goodness! Are they doing this in real time? There's thirty. Oh, there's thirty minutes left. They talk the about that constantly in future episodes. <laughs> so good. Yeah, so great podcast. Yeah. Excellent recommendation. Hilarious. Thank um, you. God, finally took one of my recommendations. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I always take your recommendations, Adam. Oh yeah, clearly. I'm good. Well, good. I'm glad you wake it. Thank you. <laughs> All right, now we can end. Yes. Well, God, I'm so glad we got that in. At the last second. Uh, anyway, so Daniel, uh, we are have a heavy, heavy social media presence. Yes, social media magnets, if yeah. you will. So you can find us on Instagram at Passion Fruits Podcast, on Facebook at Passion Fruits Podcast, on Twitter. You remembered at, the one? Uh, it's Passion Fruits P two or Passion Fruits Podcast. There we go. Or if you would like to send us good old fashioned email, yes. Email us at passionfruitspodcast at gmail.com. Perfect. Well we, done. We also have a blog. It's Passion Fruits. Because it's 2008. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> it's blog. Oh. Uh, of course, that'll be in our show notes, so just check it out there. We're going to be posting. I mean, because. Oh, and we're on YouTube as well. We'll get to that. I'm going to get to that. <laughs> Let me talk. Why I started a blog for a silly podcast. Because, I mean, sometimes after an episode, especially like after an episode, the episode we had with Mark, there yeah. was some shit I was like, oh, fuck. I really wanted to talk about that. 
So this kind of blog will be our little like show notes or um, mm, tidbits okay. that we talk about after yeah. uh, we record. Uh, yes, we are also on YouTube. Yep. And this brings us to the point of we would love to get your reviews. We would love you to tell all of your friends about our podcast. And we would really love for you to correct our mistakes. Oh, man. I I love it when people <laughs> point out the flaws in everything that we say. Yeah. There was, is my greatest joy of being a podcaster. There was, people being like, you're wrong. And I'm like, you know what? I accept your criticism and I appreciate it. It makes us better artists. No, you know what I say? I say, <laughs> go fuck yourself, <laughs> fuck face. <laughs> <laughs> Who gives a shit? We're a rinky-dink little podcast. Foo Fighters is a six-piece band, not a five-piece band. Eh, I'm going to go shit outside because I'm, I'm a redneck. <laughs> no one counts the keyboardist as the sixth member of the Thank Foo Fighters. Thank you, Adam. Somebody is finally saying this. Fuck off. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks for listening. <laughs> Get home safely and good night. Good night.